This podcast is made possible by thousands of dedicated listeners just like you. Be a part of this powerful three-decade legacy of evangelization by visiting materdayradio.com or downloading the Hail Mary Media app. And thank you for joining us on the bridge between your faith and everyday life. Welcome to Sunday Commentary, a weekly program designed to break open the Sunday Scripture readings. Join us as we listen to God's Word and seek to grow in our love and understanding for the good news in our lives. And now, Sunday Commentary with Kevin Doran and Carla Wehrman. The Liturgical Scripture Readings for the 16th Sunday in Ordinary Time. A reading from the book of Genesis. The Lord appeared to Abraham by the terebinth of Mamre as he sat in the entrance of his tent while the day was growing hot. Looking up, Abraham saw three men standing nearby. When he saw them, he ran from the entrance of the tent to greet them, and bowing to the ground, he said, Sir, if I may ask you this favor, please do not go on past your servant. Let some water be brought, that you may bathe your feet, and then rest yourselves under the tree. Now that you have come this close to your servant, let me bring you a little food, that you may refresh yourselves, and afterward you may go on your way. The men replied, Very well, do as you have said. Abraham hastened into the tent and told Sarah, Quick, three measures of fine flour, knead it and make rolls. He ran to the herd, picked out a tender choice steer, and gave it to a servant who quickly prepared it. Then Abraham got some curds and milk, as well as the steer that he had been prepared, and set these before the three men as he waited on them under the tree while they ate. They asked Abraham, Where is your wife Sarah? He replied, There in the tent. One of them said, I will surely return to you about this time next year, and Sarah will then have a son. The Word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. The Responsorial Psalm He who does justice will live in the presence of the Lord. He who does justice will live in the presence of the Lord. One who walks blamelessly and does justice, who thinks the truth in his heart and slanders not with his tongue. He who does justice will live in the presence of the Lord. Who harms not his fellow man, nor takes up a reproach against his neighbor, by whom the reprobate is despised, while he honors those who fear the Lord. He who does justice will live in the presence of the Lord. Who lends not his money at usury, and accepts no bribe against the innocent. One who does this these things shall never be disturbed. He who does justice will live in the presence of the Lord. A reading from the letter of St. Paul to the Colossians. Brothers and sisters, now I rejoice in my sufferings for your sake, and in my flesh I am filling up what is lacking in the afflictions of Christ on behalf of his body, which is the church, of which I am a minister in accordance with God's stewardship given to me to bring to completion for you the word of God, the mystery hidden from ages 
and from generations past. But now it has been manifested to his holy ones, to whom God chose to make known the riches of the glory of this mystery among the Gentiles. It is Christ in you, the hope for glory. It is he whom we proclaim, admonishing everyone and teaching everyone with wisdom that we may present everyone perfect in Christ. The Word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to Luke. Glory to you, O Lord. Jesus entered a village where a woman whose name was Martha welcomed him. She had a sister named Mary who sat beside the Lord at his feet, listening to him speak. Martha, burdened with much serving, came to him and said, Lord, do you not care that my sister has left me by myself to do the serving? Tell her to help me. The Lord said to her in reply, Martha, Martha, you are anxious and worried about many things. There is need of only one thing. Mary has chosen the better part, and it will not be taken from her. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord Jesus Christ. Well, Kevin, we are into the 16th Sunday in Ordinary Time, and I want to point out a couple of feast days we have coming up this week on July 22nd. Uh, That's the Feast of Mary Magdalene, and on July 25th, it's the Feast of St. Joachim and St. Anne, the parents of our Blessed Virgin Mary. Ah, very nice. So there, you know, and as we mention these during the weeks and our different commentaries, please take some time maybe to reflect, to ask for their intercession, to read about them a little bit, especially if you have young children. It's a wonderful way to kind of go and bring that faith alive into your household. Definitely. And and this week I get a real theme, um, uh, not only in the first reading, but also in the gospel about attentive hospitality. So we're kind of moving towards the end of July. Maybe you're visiting family or relatives or other places, maybe you're being, um, maybe you're hosting some folks at your place. I love the ideas of this attentive hospitality. So this is for all of us this uh, this week. And uh, we're going to start with the book of Genesis. And the Lord appeared to Abraham by the terebinth. So, you know, as an engineer, I go, okay, I got to look up what a terebinth is. <laughs> what, what exactly is that? Um, a terebinth is a small Mediterranean tree that is a source of tanning material and turpentine. Now, why the Lord appeared to Abraham by the terebinth, I don't have the answer to that. But I at least tell you what a terebinth is. <laughs> <laughs> oh, great. Yeah. And, and like you said, okay, so the Lord appears to Abraham. And um, when, when Abraham looked up, he saw three men. And he knew immediately, we know this because of the way he reacted. Uh, he knew immediately they were not just ordinary men. And he, he begged them to stay. And he says, you know, stay and let me serve you. You know, have a little bit of food, right? A little bit of food. Um, Abraham's faithfulness to God is so apparent in the way that he quickly ordered the food preparation. He even went out to his herd of cattle and he handpicked one of his best steers to be slaughtered for this little snack. Exactly. It's a good Jewish family. (laughs) They bring out everything. It's wonderful. (laughs) Oh, Abraham's devotion was rewarded um, as the visitors foretold the birth of his son Isaac within the coming year. And this was to be the fulfillment of God's promise to Abraham that he would become the father of many nations. Exactly. And and when when you're at Mass uh, coming up in a few minutes, probably because you're listening to this on the way to mass listen to this he saw abraham saw three men standing nearby so that's in the plural 
Of course, when Abraham addresses them, he says, sir, if I may ask you this favor, he addresses then in the singular. Now, there's a whole bunch of scholarship that's around this and trying to explain that. But I guess the thing I wanted to point out was I think this for me is a beautiful prefigurement of the Trinity. Three men there, sir, may I ask you this favor? Just a beautiful expression of that. And look at the hospitality as you mentioned, right? He brought, first he brought them some water that they may bathe their feet after their journeys. I mean, how he recognized, like you're saying, how important his visitors were. If you look to Luke 7, 44, if you remember the life of Christ, when he went to visit the Pharisees, Pharisees didn't give Jesus water to wash his feet at all and how different Abraham's hospitality was. Well, this is probably apparent also that Abraham, he knew what to look for and the Pharisees didn't, right? Oh, there's, very there's good point. There's a difference, yes, right? Yes, that's yeah. very true, very true. And of course, as you mentioned, he went out by himself to grab the choice steer. He offered his best. And, and I really think that's a way for us, no matter what we're doing in our lives, to offer our best. Now, we may not be always satisfied with our effort at that time, but that's always that chance for improvement, much like our spiritual life. Exactly. And and of course, when I the other thing that really struck me was Hebrews 13, 2, when it says, you may be hosting angels unaware. And, and that just kind of reminded me, there might be times in our lives where we may also be hosting angels unaware. Well, with all of this generous hospitality, of course, then he's rewarded with then at this time next year, Sarah will have a son and such a beautiful ending to that first reading. Of course, she was blessed with that. And they named him Isaac because of the word laughter. Right. <laughs> Sarah was was not exactly sure that was going to happen at their advanced age, but way were generously blessed. Yes. Well, let's go ahead and move to the second reading. This is from uh, St. Paul to the Colossians. Yeah, it's really interesting that St. Paul says that he rejoices in his suffering and that in his suffering, he fills up what is lacking in the afflictions of Christ. Now, he's talking about redemptive suffering. Redemptive suffering is a bit of a mystery, but we do know this much. God is such a loving and generous God that he allows us to participate in Christ's act of redemption in a very real way. Jesus' suffering and death were sufficient, and St. Paul isn't saying otherwise, and neither am I. St. Paul is talking about how he unites his suffering to the cross of Christ for the good of the church, which is the mystical body of Christ. Jesus said, if you love me, pick up your cross and follow me. Now, we don't get the full impact of what that means because public crucifixions are just kind of a historical blur for most of us. But those early Christians, they knew full well what he was talking about. He was telling them that if they chose to follow him, they could expect to undergo persecution and hardship. So that invitation to pick up our cross and follow him, that continues for us today. And Jesus didn't tell us to pick up our cross as an act of futility. Life's hardship, pain, and suffering must have a purpose. And it must be that the suffering we experience in life really can have value. And that value is applied when we unite our suffering with the suffering of our Lord. When we offer our suffering in union with Christ's suffering, it becomes redemptive suffering. And in this way, we can participate in the redemptive act of Jesus Christ. This is how the pain and suffering in our lives becomes meaningful and valuable. You know, I remember hearing Sister Angelica tell a story a long time ago, and that kind of helps to explain it. And it went something like this. 
A mother allows her little child to help her bake a cake, not because the mother can't do it herself. In fact, the mother can do it better and faster without the help of the child. But it's out of love that the mother allows the child to participate. Now, when we are prayerfully able to unite our suffering with the suffering of our Lord, our crosses become more than just a painful burden. In a mystical way, we participate in the work of Christ's redemption. Yeah, exactly. And and when you talk about the suffering, that is just a part of our, really, of God's plan for our life. You know, we cooperate with God's plans, not only by our actions and our prayers, but as you mentioned, by our sufferings also, because they give us a share in Christ's sufferings. And, and one thing I want to just mention just briefly is the fact that, you know, suffering doesn't have to be massive or very public, right? It's these small things that we can offer each day. We all hopefully offer our prayers, our joys, our works, our sufferings in union of Christ to be able to offer it with him. And that's the part that gets redemptive. And then when that's the redemptive suffering, then that is what becomes then or can become joyful suffering. And the reading uh, ends with the sentence that we may present everyone perfect in Christ. So we talk about not only suffering for maybe our help, but also for the salvation for others, which a beautiful idea of that redemptive suffering really ties everything together. Well, let's end up with the gospel. We see two figures here, Martha and Mary, Carla. Tell us a little bit about those ladies. (laughs) Well, Martha represents the act of faith life and Mary represents the contemplative faith life. Martha went to Jesus and she told him about her problem. But not only does she tell him about her problem, she also tells him how to fix her problem. And Jesus responded to her in a way that she really didn't expect. He explained how the problem Martha described has very little to do with Mary. The real problem was the way in which Martha chose to prioritize And isn't this often the way that we approach God with our problems? We go to him in prayer, we pour out our hearts, and then we follow up with a detailed instruction list on exactly how God should go about fixing it. God can see into our hearts, and he knows that just like Martha, much of what we struggle with is brought on by our own short-sightedness. And with great mercy, he gives us what we need, but not necessarily what we expect or want. Yeah, so in closing, let me read this quote from Blessed Escriva. He says this, Understand this well. There is something holy, something divine hidden in the most ordinary situations. Either we learn to find our Lord in ordinary everyday life, or else we shall never find him. Amen. Amen. You've been listening to Sunday Commentary with Kevin Doran and Carla Wehrman, produced at the studios of Modern Day Radio. For more information about this show, go to moderndayradio.com. That's M-A-T-E-R-D-E-I radio.com. If you enjoyed this podcast, please consider sharing it with a friend. You can support this vital mission of evangelization through moderndayradio.com or the Hail Mary Media app. And thank you for helping us lead souls to Jesus through the Blessed Virgin Mary.